Jam Journals is a proud partner of Yesterday's Concert Podcast and member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. The paintbrush slid down my cheek like a cold, wet tongue. I squirmed in my makeup chair and tried to relax my jaw. My eyes fought to remain closed. I couldn't wait to see the finished product. My makeup artist was a man the same age as me. He was laser focused and I can feel the intensity through each stroke. I'm almost done, just hold on man, you can't rush art, he told me. But honestly, this was new territory for me. I'd never worn mascara before. All I knew was I was supposed to open my mouth when applying it. I was so nervous. Would I look good, or would I look like a clown threw up on my face? A cold, blunt object pressed against my top lip. It dragged and pulled the skin to the left as the artist scraped it. Did that dude just put lipstick on me? Alright, rub your lips together, he told me. Yup, that was lipstick. I thought about my conservative parents. I was in a New Orleans hotel with another man applying makeup to my face. Granted, this was a first-time offense, but surely this is just another event that would have made them proud. Never mind that this would do to my reputation if it got out there. What about my man card? Was it going to be revoked? Yet I willingly sat in that chair and let that man do this work to me. He brushed the hair from my forehead and did a few touch-ups around my eyebrows. I felt the brush blotch and smooth over the area. I still closed a blast of cool air blew against my face. Was, was this fool blowing on my face right now? Dude, what are you doing? My friend Anthony held a paintbrush in one hand and a paint palette in the other. Chill out. I wanted to make sure it dried before you smudged it up. Alright, fine, fine, fine. Just, just hurry up. This is weird. From the corner of my eye, I peered into the bathroom. My buddy's father stood in the mirror, rounding his lips with red lipstick, smacking them as I had just done. He then pursed them again while he applied his wig. Three grown men applying makeup like it was a slumber party, plus Mr. Ricky in a wig. These truly were the end times. Okay, done. Check it out. I stood from the makeup chair and turned to face the mirror. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was a monster. What he'd done to my beautiful face. Black, silver, and white. This wasn't me. Like that moment when your first tattoo is finished. I wondered what I'd done to my body. Yet here I was, a face full of makeup. Dude, that's awesome. Good job, buddy. I slapped my friend on his back. Mr. Ricky emerged from the bathroom, pursing his lips. Anthony stuck out his tongue in response and I gave a solemn grin. We all began laughing at the absurdity of our appearances. Y'all ready to go out and rock and roll all day and party all night? Mr. Ricky asked. We walked to the end of the hall and boarded the elevator. Watching the door shut before me, it all started to sink in. I was about to leave our hotel like this. I was about to enter the world looking like some kind of alien. Welcome concert goers, music fanatics, and KISS Army. My name is Lance Ingram, and in this episode of Jam Journals, we open the pages to October 31st, 2009. Grab your earplugs as we go to the Voodoo Festival in New Orleans for KISS. The hotel lobby came to a standstill. Guests in Mardi Gras beads and boas stopped to stare, because we're the freaks here. The marble floor squeaked beneath every rock and roll step we took. The chandeliers glimmered in our radiance. 
Businessman in suit sneered from the cocktail lounge. Get a load of these guys. The doorman asked if he could call our vehicle. We already had a cab waiting. The cab ride wasn't much different from the elevator. It was an introspective and fearful, but mixed with a certain element of chaos and excitement. I know it's New Orleans on Halloween, but that didn't alleviate my freak flag flying high. New Orleans is a freak show on regular days of the week. Halloween is just an opportunity to get even freakier. The old French-style architecture already has an 1800s horror element to it. New Orleans is already a city worthy of frequent over-the-shoulder checks. But on Halloween, you don't know where to look. There could be Jack the Ripper following you down the dark cobblestone alleys. Or it could just be Steve, a frat guy from Louisiana State. The cab door swung open and we were greeted like our painted heroes. The mob swarmed and surrounded us. Within minutes of stepping out of the vehicle, we had already taken a dozen photos with other patrons. From Catwoman to a priest to Winnie the Pooh to zombies and more, apparently our freak flag wasn't so freaky. Hey, kiss, can I get a photo with you guys? Oh my gosh, you guys, you look just like them. Can we get a picture? And once inside the festival grounds, the photos didn't stop. If anything, they became more frequent. Everyone wanted a photo with their favorite band. We donned the personas of our makeup. Mr. Ricky, the superstar. Anthony, the demon. And me, the spaceman. I have to give credit where credit was due. Our makeup looked fabulous. We were spitting images of the band we impersonated. I was never actually invited to this show. My high school buddy Anthony was going because his dad, Mr. Ricky, was a card-carrying member of the KISS Army since he was in high school in the late 70s. There wasn't a conversation about music I had with him that didn't come back to KISS. He saw them in 79 and said it was the loudest concert he'd ever seen. As a young classic rock fan, I ate up these stories. When Mr. Ricky heard about the 2009 Voodoo Fest lineup, he was ecstatic. He was practically Tom cruising on Oprah's couch. I'd never seen a grown man so excited. New Orleans is an easy three-hour drive from where he lived in Mississippi, so it was a no-brainer for him. He'd only seen them three times, but not since the mid-80s, you know, back when KISS was still culturally relevant. But in his excitement, he bought a three-day festival pass. You're gonna do all three days? I asked. You know they eventually put out single-day tickets, right? Look, my wife gave me permission to see KISS. I'm not waiting another second to buy tickets. She may change her mind by then. He cackled as he typed in his credit card. The trip was likely supposed to be a father-son excursion. Dad takes son to his first KISS concert. It was every father's dream. Personally, the lineup wasn't much to write home about. There was some cool stuff on there, but I didn't pay much attention until the single-day lineups were announced. Wolfmother performing the same day as KISS. Now that's something that caught my eye. Although it's a story for another day, Wolfmother was a hugely important band for me. They'd been recently broken up, and the lead singer had formed a new band under the same moniker. I was elated to have the band back. But I was a broke college student. There was no bunny in the bank, and I wasn't about to drop cash to buy a full weekend pass like old Slick Rick. But when there's a will, there's a way. I became an eBay venture capitalist. I was a mad gonzo for my student newspaper. I hoard my body to lonely mistresses. Okay, maybe not that last one, but I did everything I could to scrape together some cash for that ticket. And without asking permission for a tag-along, I bought that ticket. In fact, I didn't even let them know I bought the ticket until a few days later. But here's the kicker. I didn't actually like KISS. They were a gray spot in my classic rock fandom. I'd never really spent much time with them outside of classic rock radio. KISS was a band that had all the makings of something that I'd love. Loud guitars, heavy solos, double entendre, and they personified rock mythos. They were classic rock giants, yet I didn't know Deuce from Strutter. At the very least, I could recognize their legacy. 
I figured it'd be another notch in my belt, something to say I've seen. I get to see my beloved wolf mother and stumble onto a kiss show. Win-win. But I got more than I bargained for. Mr. Ricky wouldn't let us see Kiss without painting up for the show. A lot of people view the face paint thing as gimmicky and normally I would have agreed. But nostalgia is a powerful thing. Besides, it was New Orleans on Halloween. Anything less than absurd would have made you stand out. As a newcomer to makeup application, the process was... intense. We gave ourselves an added hour to prep before leaving for the concert. What would have been fart jokes and locker room talk turned into lipstick and mascara. Since I'd taken four years of high school art, I had the overconfidence that it'd be no big deal. Thirty seconds into the endeavor, I was calling Anthony over. Hey bro, I'm gonna need your help with this. I was so out of my element, and in retrospect, why was Anthony so much better at it than me? We got to the park sometime late afternoon to camp for a close spot at the headliner stage. Mr. Ricky wasn't playing about this experience. I was anticipating fandom, but he was going all in. We were 15 rows back, dead center. Not a bad place to take in a rock and roll show. Voodoo Festival is one of the ones that did it right. They had dual stages, meaning two stages facing each other. As one stage hosts performers, the other stage is set up for the next one. There's no crossover in artists. You can watch the stage in front of you, then turn around and watch the other stage across the field. So fortunately for us, Wolfmother opened the stage for Kiss, which meant we didn't have to move a muscle to see the artist we wanted to. Between the two shows, we also got to watch Jane's Addiction on the other- Whoa, Gene, Paul, Ace, can we get a picture with you guys? The unrelenting cost of fandom. The paparazzi continued to pursue us with more requests for photos. We must have taken 50 photos with people by this point. But while our egos enjoyed the tension, it's getting annoying. Another photo? Lady, I just want to watch the show. Stage lights flickered and illuminated the stage-wide tarp. The legendary KISS logo shimmered in metallic glory against the flashes of cameras. The guitar riff hit and the tarp dropped amidst a flash of pyrotechnics. The members emerged from the smoke in all their makeup and get up. Get up and get your grandma out of here, bassist Gene Simmons yelled into the microphone. The band members strutted the stage, posing with their instruments. Gene and singer-guitarist Paul Stanley went back-to-back -back center stage during the guitar solo. Behind the band members, the trademark KISS logo sat more than six feet tall. Its bulbs danced in rhythm with the music. Flames shot from the stage in regular intervals, and the decibels were at unprecedented levels. As it should be for the hottest band in the world, right? She's worth a deuce, Mr. Ricky yelled at the band. The band immediately transitioned into Strutter, another classic KISS song. It was hard not to get swept up in the show. It was grandiose and overwhelming. The lights, the guitars, the larger-than-life personalities. But even with all the huge theatrics, I'm not sure what my expectations were headed into the show. I was doing rock and roll due diligence by attending. As mentioned earlier, I wasn't that big of a KISS fan. I bought our greatest hit CD a few weeks before just to get acclimated. But the reality was, I was at the height of my jam band fandom. If a five-minute song could be stretched out for 20 minutes, I was in favor of it. Musical exploration made live performances and big production shows were silly distractions. It was the lowest denominator of music. It wasn't about the music, it was about the show, which defeats the point of live music, right? I was so altruistic and pretentious, I know. 
Strata was a rock and roll facial explosion. The set was still early and this was classic Kiss. It was literally the one-two track listing on my greatest hit CD. It was a meeting of expectations. So even all my pretensions, Kiss was delivering. Paul stepped to the microphone between songs to address the audience. New Orleans, how you doing? I tell you something, I can't see all of you, but I can hear all of you. Nolans, let me tell you something. When they told us we could play and headline Voodoo Fest, we said we will be there because nobody parties like Nolans. We've been here on Mardi Gras, and I tell you, you people think up every excuse to have a good time, and we love it. So, we got a lot of good stuff, and a lot of classic stuff. That's the stuff you want to hear, don't you? Alright, here's one. Hold on a second. Paul stepped to the tip of the stage and put his hand to his ear. The crowd roared. He stepped to his right and lifted his right hand to the crowd. Everyone on the right side of the stage screamed. He then ran to the left and tried again. The left was louder. Of course it was, we had Mr. Ricky. Paul did this several more times before he was satisfied that he pumped the crowd up enough. Guitarist Tommy Thayer leaned into a riff and the band kicked off Let Me Go Rock and Roll. This wasn't on their greatest hits, what are they doing? They're deviating from the set list. Given Kiss's commercial success, I really figured this be a paint-by-number, greatest hits kind of package show. But they were surprising me. They were going for a quote-unquote deep cut. Well, deep cut used conservatively there because any song that wasn't on the greatest hits package might as well be a deep cut for a band like this. It was sometime during the song that the lights and glimmer began to fade. The music was just a means for the production. But for a deep cut guy, songs like Parasite, She, and Black Diamond, which I should have appreciated, pulled me from the show instead. I didn't care about them. I wanted the hits. The big hits. You know, the night before last, we played in Little Rock, Arkansas. I know how you feel. It's good to be proud of where you're from, Nolans, but you gotta do make a whole lot of noise to prove you're number one. We got a feeling if everybody loosens up, we'll get this place hotter than hell. This is the kind of stadium rock pandering that sent my hip survives into overdrive. I mean, this was textbook, but I was lacking legacy respect. This was the kind of stuff of legends. This is what made the band what they were. They're a stadium rock band. They're there to give you a good time. Songs like Hotter Than Hell, Calling Dr. Love, and Love Gun were flying right over my head. I mean, yes, I knew they were about sex, but I was overthinking it. Aren't we all, am I right, fellas? Those were some groovy songs with killer guitar solos, but it wasn't meant to be deep. The campiness was the heartbeat. Now, we've been talking about classic songs, but classics don't always mean the old stuff, Paul tells the audience between songs. We've got a new album called Sonic Boom. So that one's available. I saw it at Walmart. Go pick it up. We're about to play one of them now. This is the one that's on the radio. This one's called Modern Day Delilah. The song was a heavy hitter. It was much heavier than classic Kiss from the 70s, but it still had that classic flair. Big chorus, guitar riffage, and some lyrics about a beautiful woman. But new songs by Legacy Arts are interesting. Paul called this one a modern day classic. Last I checked, it's not even in rotation anymore. No one seemed to mind them playing it, but no one asked for it. The song was a forgettable blip on the set list. A nostalgia intermission. Toward the end of the set, the stage went dark. Smoke clouded what little could be seen. From our vantage point, we could see a shadow rising above the audience. Green flashes illuminated Gene Simmons' rising stories above us. Through layers of distortion, he plucked his bass. This wasn't some kind of Jaco Pastoris instrumental. In fact, I've heard better bass solos in Guitar Center. Rather, it served as chaos to fuel what happened next. 
The big screen camera zoomed in on Gene's face. He glared at the audience. We all knew what was coming. The clock bell strikes. The stage goes quiet, but the crowd erupts. Gene strikes his instrument again. The bell strikes too. He plucked faster and faster. From his mouth, the thick red goo began to drip. He leans his head back and shakes furiously. The faux blood is bursting from his mouth and dripping onto his armor. It slings across his face and down his chin. He stares back at the audience. He sticks out his ridiculous tongue. It unrolls down to his navel. He flicks the end of it. Tiny flecks of blood leap to the ground stories below. Oh yeah? Jensen screamed into his microphone. The band started I Love It Loud. A great sing-along and a crowd favorite. Gene, still high above the crowd, played along as the band members strode the stage below him. The band closed the show with a string of hits, including Rock and Roll All Night, Lick It Up, and Love Gun. Detroit Rock City ended the show in fantastic fashion with an onslaught of confetti. Mr. Ricky threw his hands up and let the confetti wash over him. He was being transported back to 1979. As an adult now, I kind of get it. It was about as fine a nostalgia trip as you can take. Mr. Ricky refused to move a muscle until that final note were played and the show was clearly over. We hadn't eaten since mid-afternoon and Anthony and I were slipping into hunger pains. We ended up at an IHOP on Canal Street sometime well after midnight. Tired and hungry, it didn't even occur to me the absurdity of what we were about to do. We opened the door and entered the restaurant in full kiss makeup. Sure, it's Halloween, but come on. That freak flag flying again. But to no surprise, we fit in. Every table full and every person in costume. It was like a spirit Halloween store break room. Just people in clown noses and Power Ranger outfits slamming eggs and bacon. I'd love to have a bird's eye view of the room. Nearing two in the morning, we left the restaurant to make our way back to the hotel. Except we were visitors to a foreign land. Left was right and right was left. Whether we were purposefully or accidentally led, I'll never know. But we stumbled onto Bourbon Street. And when I realized where we were, I was mixed with fear and curiosity. Part of me wanted to see the full extent of depravity that a New Orleans Halloween had to offer. The other part of me just wanted to crawl into bed. That night I saw things I'll never unsee. It was truly the freakiest of the freaky. These were not the people interested in our kiss makeup. The paparazzi had passed. Comparatively, our costumes were from the kids section. There was all sorts of horror, blood, guts, demons. Then there was the deranged. Most notably, a pair of gentlemen, butt naked, except for a pair of shoes and some suspenders holding up a pizza box around their waist. That's when I knew the evening was done. Wrap it up, ask for directions, it's time to call a cab. I sat in my bed studying for an upcoming exam. The textbook lay open next to my notes and my eyes strained to comprehend the material. Focus, Ingram. The text will be there when you finish. Clearly something's happening. I should probably check it, right? What if there's a family emergency? What if there's a fire in the building? What if it's that cute girl from my journalism class? Even as I picked up, more texts came in. I had a dozen text messages, most of them from different people. OMG, Lance, you're on TV right now. Dude, you gotta turn on AMC. You're famous. Oh my gosh, I can see you. What is happening right now? I followed up on the text and they all came back with the same response. I was on AMC right now. I turned my television on and it was an episode of Gene Simmons' Family Jewels. I watched for a few minutes. And there I was. Anthony stuck out his tongue and Mr. Ricky pursed his lips. And there was me on the outer frame, remaining stoic and cool. Just like the spaceman. All these months later and people are still trying to take our picture. 
We showed up about three or four times in the episode. No speaking parts, just crowd shots of us in our kiss makeup at Voodoo Festival. Odd thing is, I don't even remember the cameras. I know they were around, but I don't remember the close-ups. I guess in the haze of all the photos, they just got lost. A few days later, Mr. Ricky texted me a photo of us on the KISS website. We'd made the homepage. Sure, there were dozens of other fans dressed up and painted up too, but we also made it. I took a screenshot and shared it on social media. For posterity's sake, of course. I'd like to say that all this fan attention moved the needle for me as a KISS fan, but that wasn't the case. If anything, I became more passe towards the band. It wasn't my scene. It took several years of musical comprehension before I took a step back to acknowledge what KISS is at their core. A dumb rock band. And that's not a slight to the group or their fans. They're a stadium rock band for a bygone era when loud guitars and songs about ding-dongs were keen. If you're looking for depth, you're not barking up the KISS tree. It took me disarming my pretentiousness to accept that. Not every song has to solve the problems of Earth. It's okay to like a dumb song about hotel sex. Over the years, as my pretension fell away, my taste shifted. I gained a new appreciation for KISS and what they are. When they announced the end of the road tour, I was all in. Granted, they've made this threat before. Several times, actually. But this time, I took them seriously. Maybe it was an attempt to make up for lost time. Or maybe it was an actual fear that this could be real. But I went all in. I grabbed tickets to three shows in 2019, and each one was exactly what I wanted from the band. The shows were largely the same at least when applied to jam band standards. And even much of the song banner was the exact same thing. The three shows I saw were fairly spaced out from the tour from beginning, middle, and end. The first show was hands down the best. You could tell the band was still settling into the new show. They were excited by the crowds and the set list. With each show, the cracks of tiredness showed a little bit more. I had tickets to see them twice more in 2020, but that year had other plans. The postponement of those shows hurt. If KISS was truly done, what if I hadn't fully appreciated my final KISS show ever? What I do know is, over a 10 year journey I found out that I too am a card carrying member of the KISS Army. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Jam Journals and reliving one of my favorite concert memories. Have you seen the artist before? How was your experience? Similar? Better? worse let us know on social media at yesterday's concert we're on all the channels facebook twitter instagram and even tiktok give us a shout or shoot us an email at info at yesterday's until next time give us a review on apple Podcasts and check us out at yesterday's and don't forget take care of your shoes It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.